Welcome into another Locked On Bills episode. I'm your host today, Kevin Masseri, here with Spencer German. Um, Spencer is joining us today. He's he's going to be pretty pretty much on our Locked On show uh, every you know every week going forward. He he's joining us from Rock Sports Network. He also writes for the Rock Sports Report, uh, their their writing side of their business. Um, Spencer, what's going on today, man? Not much, you know, hanging in there, getting ready for the draft. It's a couple weeks away. I know. People are probably a little bogged down with seeing all these mocks and, oh, what are the Bills going to do? Are they going to trade up? Uh, obviously, we'll get into it, but the Richie Incognito situation, if that changes things. But, you know, sooner or later, we'll be at a point where they're actually drafting players. So I guess that's the good thing. Two weeks, right? About two weeks. So I think we're getting there. Um, today's show is going to be pretty action-packed, Spencer. You know, we're going to go through the current issues, and we'll, we'll try to make a trend of this guy. So we'll, we'll try to do a current issue when Spencer's on. We'll try to do a current issue show. Um, you know, leading us up to the day before the draft, Spencer's going to be on, um, if he, you know, if he's able to make it on his Wednesday show, uh, next week and then the week following will be one day before the draft. So we'll maybe hit draft topics that day. Um, but for going forward, we'll, we'll try to give you the breaking news, the stories of the week. Um, we'll, we'll talk a lot about that kind of stuff. And, you know, today we're going to talk about Richie Incognito, as Spencer mentioned, we're going to talk about this, this package trade up special that they apparently have, according to a couple of people. Um, and there's, there's a couple of, of interesting topics for this time of year for, for the Bills. Um, let's talk about Richie. I mean, he's a guy that just redid his deal, called a pay cut, um, said he was glad to join the Bills, uh, rejoin the Bills, and then you know, basically fires agent, presumably for the money portion of it, and then continued yesterday to basically say, I'm retired. Spencer, what is your take on what is going on there? Yeah, we were kind of talking before we went on here, uh, Kevin, but it's just been so bizarre because between the pay cut, which you figured that he had a hand in, I mean, you don't usually hear a guy taking a pay cut with just willy-nilly where his agent is saying, yeah, we're going to take this pay cut for you. You know what I mean? Because like the agent wants more money out of the deal too. So it, it seemed like it was something he agreed to. And he even tweeted after the fact and said, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to be with Buffalo, can't wait for another season, blah, blah, blah. So it was weird that from that it became, okay, I'm going to fire my agent. And he did it over Twitter, which was even more bizarre. I mean, I kind of played it off as like, is this like a delayed April Fool's joke? Like, I I didn't understand why he did it over Twitter. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is just him being Richie being Richie, just being a goofball. And then then it kind of boiled into or uh, snowballed into what we saw happen this week where Peter King came out with the report saying, you know, he – is contemplating retirement and that turned into kind of Vic Carucci from the Buffalo news getting the scoop on, yeah, he's officially retiring and giving and giving some reasons outside of just the contract situation where he was saying, you know, his liver and kidney issues are, are causing him to, to uh, consider this and actually move forward with retiring. He tweeted at the NFL PA and said, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm out, which I thought was kind of, you know, just like him being goofy again. It's just really bizarre the way it's all played out to me. I wonder how much the Eric Wood situation played into this because, again, we don't know what's happening with Eric Wood. There's some contract discrepancies that they're still ironing out, I guess, and that's part of the reason why they haven't officially announced he's retired, although he did say he's not playing football anymore. But those two, Richie and and Eric, grew really, really close over the last couple years here together. So I wonder if he kind of looked and saw everything Eric was going through, knew his kind of right man – right right wing man wasn't going to be there next year and said hey maybe I should start thinking about this too and then he has some health issues of his own where he's kind of factoring into that but yeah I mean t- to me that's kind of the biggest thing I look at and I say 
maybe this was about more so than even the the bonus situation or the the restructure situation. The fact that he's losing a teammate that's near and dear to him, and kind of analyzing his own situation from that. Yeah, definitely. And here you got Spencer German right here. His take here on Locked On Bills, your daily podcast expert. Spencer, I mean, there's got to be more to this story. We don't know. I think you bring up a good point about Eric Wood. Um, he was un- immediately the one that I pointed to. Um, I think that has a lot to do with this. What's going on behind scenes? Uh, Richie might know. We we might not. So, do you think that maybe he's get guiding him? Like, hey, you know, they might not take care of you toward the later end of your career if you're not feeling good. And just kind of just kind of hang it in. But he did receive that roster bonus, and that's going to be very much another point of contention for the Bills on the on the cap. Is they're going to try to get that back as well as the prorated portion of the signing bonus. Um, so there's going to be some major, major discussions over the $2.2 million or so that are going to be, that are not accounted for right now. And the Bills, by all accounts, especially after re-signing a deal and said he's ready to go a little different than Eric Wood, I mean, they're going to need to account for a, a large portion of, I mean, that's, that's paying for like, truthfully, half of your, I mean, your second round pick or your first round pick. So what's, what's kind of your take financially, you know, they, they could save as much as 5.9 and does give them some more flexibility here. Like what, what do you think financially is like the move here for the bills? Are they going to just let it go? Like what, what, what do you do here as being in, in the bills front office? Yeah, you're spot on with that, obviously. And I know, you know, the cap so well, Kevin, but I, I'm pretty sure like there's a, there's a, some wording in the CBA where if a guy retires, just kind of while his contract's still going on, you can request to get some of that signing bonus back. So you're right. They, they could potentially end up saving all this money that they were owed, to, that they owed him this year. They're already going to get his, his base salary back. So that's 3.6. Um, you have the signing bonus, you have the roster bonus, which I'm assuming they'll get back as well. The restructure bonus, I should, bonus, I should say that they kind of factored in. At least they his, should get that back. Yeah. At the very least. So, I mean, at the most, I guess you're looking at, if they end up still having to pay the signing bonus, $1.15 million in dead cap hit for Richie, which isn't terrible. And you get a good chunk of money back that you can use. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to end up kind of lucking out here in the sense, again, you lose your best lineman by all accounts, but you're going to luck out financially where you have a good chunk of cap space back that you'll now be able to use for either rolling over the next year or signing a guy to maybe replace him. Again, you're not going to fire on a guy like Richie Incognito on the market at this time of year, or maybe that's money that you can then – it's money that will, depending on when this gets finalized, that you can now factor into your rookie pool. So that gives you a little more cap flexibility moving forward. So it definitely works out, I think, financially for them. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a situation that we're going to have to monitor going forward because we don't know yet how much exactly they're going to get back or how much they're actually going to end up paying. And it might, as you said, be, be none at all. Right. And it's, it's just an interesting topic because it was a position by all accounts, you know, with Vlad Dukas on the other side and, and John Miller, who they don't seem to like in this scheme. Um, you do have a, a need at the guard spot anyways. And at most, I think Richie was going to give you this final year. So it's a need that they just need to address a tiny bit sooner than planned. However, $5.9 million that you can roll, as you mentioned, roll into next year or use this year. The trademark is always a market that, you know, Bean will play in. Um, you know, these, these, these May and June cuts that you saw last year, we'll see how much of that happens this year. The Bills did get outbid on Trey Boston, uh, you know, by all accounts, Eric Decker, as he said himself, and then, you know, Jeremy Macklin was the big one. Um, so, you know, the Bills didn't receive any of the players that they were after during that random cut period. Um, but 
I mean, guard could be one that they're heavy after. There's still a few names out there, Spencer. I know you kind of touched on it as well. Anything out there you like anywhere that you think might be able to help, at least in the free agent market? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody that, like, stands out in my mind um, that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the guy. It's interesting because, you know, in some ways they sort of have maybe some flexibility with the guys they already have on the roster. I mean, you sign a guy like Russell Bodine, who could potentially be your starting center. Everyone's kind of assuming that it's going to be a battle between him and Groy. And it, it's weird because last year they didn't use Groy at all. And I think most of us watching Kevin kind of felt, why not try him at the, at the right guard spot where Vlad Dukas was kind of up and down throughout the year. He, he finished stronger, I think, towards the end of the year. But, but there were still some discrepancies there where it was, okay, we're not getting consistent play from him. So you thought maybe they would try Groy there, and they never really were urgent in putting him out there as a guard. He came in as a tackle, I know, a couple times to fill in. Um, and I think they view him strictly as, at least last year, as the backup center to Eric Wood should anything happen. So it was interesting they saw him that way, but he's a guy who can play guard where maybe you put Bodine at center, he's your starter, and then you have Groy as filling in for incognito now because you realize that you need to fill that hole somehow. And then you still have Vlad Dukas on the other side just for continuity's sake. But yeah, I mean, it's obviously going to become a need now. I think the big thing you, you talk about now is where does, where do they prioritize guard in the draft? We know that maybe they were going to look linemen, maybe not right away because all the rumors are they're trading up for a quarterback, but were they going to look guard? Were they going to look tackle? They probably need to find a tackle for the other side to replace John Mill or uh, sorry uh, Jordan Mills at some point. Yep. So I don't know if where this now ranks on their priority list. I know a lot of people feel maybe they should just fill these needs and not worry about the quarterback now, which I disagree with. But I, I think obviously this is something they're going to have to address at some point anyway. So I don't really see a problem with maybe finding somebody to fill in the hole and then figuring it out next year when you have so much cap space at your disposal. Right. And now, you know, officially what's interesting about the draft pool is that it doesn't count how much against your cap space as people think it's only going to count about 4 million now with, you know, with Richie off the right. deal factoring, you get his signing bonus back. Let's just say you do. Um, you know, you have 20 million in cap space, you know, minus four, four and a half out, maybe five total after all signing bonuses of rookies, you have 15 million you can roll over. Now what's interesting. I don't think it just affects guard. Now the bills can kind of look at it and say, you know what, maybe we were going to try Groy. Um, we're going to draft a player in the third round, which is a very deep interior yeah. line class, Spencer. Um, one of the better ones I can ever remember. Um, so if you fill the money that you just save at toward a receiver, maybe you throw it toward Macklin. If he's a guy that you're still interested in, they were actually interested in Decker last year as well. As he said so in his own show with uh, Jesse James Decker, um, he mentioned Buffalo being one of the pe people that were after him. Um, so these, these are just last year with the same personnel. I mean, could we still be interested in them? I think it's very possible. Maybe we don't know what that, that, that cost is going to be, but maybe it's enough at a position group that is very weak. Linebacker, Navarro Bowman's out there, maybe others. I think it's very possible to see that. You know, maybe you see an inside linebacker, maybe you see a trade um, of someone that might have a little bit higher of a cap figure than you'd like, but they can now because of that 5.9. So I think it gives you cap flexibility at the, your three biggest knee positions, right? Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, especially the other thing that people don't necessarily think, think about with the draft pool is – that's accounting for you using all those picks. And by all accounts, everything we've heard is the Bills are trying to trade up for a quarterback. So as long as that's still their plan and that's kind of what they're going to do maybe, they're not going to use all those draft picks. They're probably going to have to throw in maybe 
a second rounder, a third rounder, maybe both firsts. So you're talking about that obviously takes off chunks of money that you would have been using for your draft pool. So that gives you even more cap space that you then can roll over or put towards signing a free agent that comes available at the after June 1st when somebody's cut. That that June 1st is going to be huge to watch, I think, if they do or if they are going to look at a a potential free agent. And then of course there's right before the season starts when teams go through roster cuts, that's a huge time of year. And I know McDermott talked about it a lot last year where he said, you know, we have a whole team of guys starting with Brandon Bean who as soon as that cut down day comes, they're kind of have their eyes on certain guys and are immediately reaching out to them to try to get them in the building to potentially fill a need or address address something. So there's a couple other opportunities. Maybe you're not going to get the top-notch guys at that point of the year, but there's a couple more opportunities for them to maybe find some some guys available, whether it's the draft, whether it's past, after the June 1st cut down or after or the, the June 1st uh, cut that sometimes teams go through or whether it's the roster cut down to start the season. So, yeah, I don't know that they're necessarily freaking out right now. I think it's just kind of a play-it-by-ear type thing and see what comes available as the, as the year goes on. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I, what's, what's funny to me is – Willie Sneed. He's a guy I love in the slot. He's a guy that was really productive for early portions of his career, undrafted free agent who is not tendered at a, he's a tendered at his original level. Um, New Orleans just went out and gave Cam Meredith a big deal, two for 10 off of major injury. Is he a guy you can now target knowing you have a little bit of cash, knowing, you know, New Orleans might not be in the best position to match. Is he a guy you like at all, Spencer? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Out of the slot, I think he's been an excellent player. Now, obviously, he has Drew Brees throwing to him, so you wonder how much that maybe helped with his numbers and his productive, the productive seasons that he has put together. But I think he's a great option for the Bills. I would say this. Even after Incognito retiring, I still feel that receiver is probably, outside of the quarterback position, the biggest need they have. I mean, you look across the roster and you kind of feel – by far. Okay, yeah, I mean, our second, the secondary is going to be good. Mm-hmm. They, they, I mean, they're, they're swapping out EJ Gaines with Vontae Davis. Maybe they draft a guy they've shown some interest with their pre-draft visits and, and private workouts in corner. So maybe you, you find a guy that way. But if you don't, I think your, your secondary is okay. Your linebacking core, you lost Preston Brown, but you got to think they can at least fill a year where they'll, they'll be at least okay at that position with some veterans around and obviously Matt Milano in year two. And then your defensive line got world's better. So in a lot of ways, that kind of takes the pressure off your linebacking core too because your defensive line's a lot better. So on the defensive side, you look pretty good. Offensively, yeah, you need the quarterback, of course. That's always going to be priority number one. But, I mean, yeah, you lose some of the offensive line positions and you could argue for those things. But who, whoever's quarterback, who are they throwing to? Kelvin Benjamin, yeah, they traded for him. And he's obviously a good, he's a good weapon in certain areas. But, you know, they don't have anybody to take the top off the defense. I was surprised they didn't bring back Deontay Thompson, for example. Um, So I think if you're going after a guy that you want to get a good slot receiver, maybe keep Zay Jones as an outside guy as your number two, I think Willie Sneed's a great option, absolutely. And like you said, maybe he's more of a realistic option now that the Saints have put some money in other places and you can maybe try to extend him some type of deal. I think it's possible. I think he's the kind of player. He's a really good, reliable receiver. He did get hurt last year, but I mean, 2015, 2016, he was dynamic. 70, you know, 69 catches and 72 catches. Uh, He was having a good yards per clip. It was better than like a Jarvis Landry. Um, So, I mean, you're going to get that really strong production out of the slot and take some pressure off of Zay Jones. Um, And I, I just think that the market's thin. The bills are sitting there saying there's been a lot of money. The Jets have like 20 receivers, 
Um, there's been a lot of money spent at these position groups. You know, let's go tackle it now after, you know, right, you know, we'll go attack, you know, the, the Saints are sitting on, you know, Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn, Cam Meredith. Um, they, they, they've, you know, so Brandon, you know, Coleman. So they, they have a fairly decent, um, you know, receiving core, one that they've, you know, I think they, they feel comfortable with. Um, so I, I do think that depending on what they need to do, there'd be an option there. So, you know, getting into, let's, let's get into the draft for a moment, just a minute. You, you mentioned that the, you know, the, the bills trading up and there's another rumor every week, Spencer, there's another rumor <laughs> this week. It's that they have a deal in place, um, for the second overall pick. So it's a, it's a pretty funny rumor as that's, it, it seems to be covered by national media guys that might, might know Gettleman, uh, might know what's going on, you know, in, in one of the front offices. What do you think is, if they have this, this, this deal worked out, why are they waiting? Are, are they waiting to see who Cleveland takes? What's, what's the wait now knowing that you're, you know, getting close two weeks from the draft as we've seen some of these first and second and third overall picks be traded, you know, a week or two before, what are they waiting for? See, it's, it's interesting because I, you got to feel it's at, at some level, these teams that are maybe trying to get up there know to an extent what the Browns want to do. It's interesting that in most cases, in most years, if you had the number one overall pick, you probably wouldn't care if you give away who you're picking because cares. You have nobody really to compete with. But the Browns, I think, have kind of floated some other stuff out there because they also have fourth pick. Maybe we want to scare some teams into moving up so they can say, oh, okay, we want to make sure. And so we're going to try to get trick some teams into that, into doing to maybe moving up and gives them an opportunity to make sure they know their guys there. So it's kind of, it starts with the Browns, I think, where it's kind of interesting how they're playing things and how they're kind of playing poker. But I think that Giants pick is obviously the coveted pick if you're the Bills because you know you're ahead of the Jets and you know you can look and say, all right, one guy's going to be gone. But it sounds like, not that they don't care about Darnold, but if it's Darnold, they've kind of been linked to Rosen a ton. And then that means you know Rosen's going to be there and he's your guy. It's an interesting play for the Browns too, right? Like, I think it almost helps them out for the Bills to come up. They know what they're targeting. I I just, are they really not targeting Darnold? I mean, the Bills have this big workout, another story piece, you know, we'll get into too right now. Um as you know, the Bills are going out to see Darnold. They're going out, bringing all their personnel by all accounts. It might even sound like Terry Pagula and Bean and the whole gamut. Um, I just, I know it's been talked about a lot. I just don't see you doing that if you don't think you have at least a shot at the guy. Is that maybe the whole yeah, so up over Sam? My, is that the hold up? My here? feeling, my feeling on the Darnold thing, and them going to kind of visit him and, and do a private workout with him is kind of just a they're they're doing like a just in case type thing where I'm sure he's a guy who they look at and say, all right, yeah, we would love to have him, but I feel like they probably going in feel, well, it sounds like the Browns are going to be taking him, so he's probably not going to be an option for us. But if something goes awry on draft night and they take Josh Allen, then I think we have – then obviously we'll try to still get up, and that would be the guy we would take. So I think there is interest there. I think that maybe there just hasn't been as much interest as we've seen from some of these other guys because – they kind of, I think at this point, the consensus is the Browns are probably taking Darnold at one. Um, so, I mean, in terms of what they're waiting for, I'm really interested to see because I, I've, I've kind of said that I don't know that the, Bra- that the Bills are going to necessarily move up until draft night kind of comes about. And maybe they have a deal in place, as, as like you said, has been reported, but maybe they're, may- maybe they're holding off on saying, yeah, let's go through with it, or the Giants are kind of waiting things mm-hmm. out. 
it's that that's been the big wild card is what are the Giants going to do? Because if they take a quarterback, then that's one less quarterback for the Bills. If they're taking a, a defensive end, then the Bills might have Mayfield and Rosen graded similarly, but they can say, okay, well, we know we're not training up with the Jets. But we know one of these guys is going to be there at four, and then maybe they can move up to four. I've kind of targeted four as the sweet spot where the Browns might drop back a little further, accumulate more picks, and that could be a place where the Bills get to. But, of course, that hinges on one of those guys that are interested in being there, and I think we wouldn't know that until draft night. But if there's a deal in place for two, then obviously the Bills have – the, uh, the, they have the gusto, if you want to say it, to try to get up ahead of the Jets and know, all right, we got our pick of the litter after Darnold at quarterback. And that's obviously the ideal scenario. So I don't know. I, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't think that that could be a possibility. It's kind of been talked about all offseason, the relationship with Gettleman and all that. It's just a matter of whether or not the Giants actually want to move back or not. And I think there could, I think they could be talked into it. I think that they do. I think that that's the one thing that, that they will do, and the Bills have the ammo to do it. Um, it wouldn't be like a normal team with just a one and a two sitting there saying, oh, we'll give you a one and a two and maybe some picks next year. I mean, they're in a unique spot right. to, to accept a lot of draft capital um, for moving back presumably 10 spots if there isn't a middle trade up, which I still don't love. They've already traded to 12. I think that that's plenty for what the Bills are offering. I don't think they need to get into the top 10 to get back into the two. Um, no one's ever done that. You know, has anyone ever gotten to the top 10 and then up to two or one, one to three, call it? I don't think so. Um, well, the Eagle, I mean, the Eagles got, was it nine? It was eight. eight? Um, yeah. A couple of years when they drafted Wentz and then they moved up further, obviously to get to two, to take, to take Wentz. So that was the, that was the most recent example I can think of, of a team getting into the top 10 and then moving up again. And that's what people have said too, is maybe they have to move up one more time and then move up again, which obviously then you're talking about maybe giving up a lot more picks than you want to. But I think you're right. I think they have the ammo to do it. I think whether you're going to two or whether you're going to four, I've seen a lot of trades where there, people are suggesting, oh, they can just give up their two first and maybe like a second. And I don't buy that. I think going from 12 to either two or four is going to cost you a lot more because we saw what the Jets had to give up four picks essentially just to get up three spots. So I, I don't know that's going to be like a really cheap deal as some people are making it out to be, but I think that they have the capital to do it and still, by the way, have a, have a normal draft this year. They could give up both first this year, a second this year, a third this year, and if that's enough, you still have a second and a third and you already had a first-round pick. So you walk out of there with a, with a normal draft for the most part. Yep. No, that's a very good point. It's going to be interesting to see what that picks. I think four, obviously, gives you a little bit better of a value, um, especially because you can point to saying, well, we wanted to get to two. We didn't get there. Our first, second, and third, or whatever the case may be, first and second quarterbacks are gone. We're not going to pay as much. Um, I think that there's some possibility the Browns are already getting their quarterback. They might, or even Denver, if they're willing to trade out at five. You know, you're, You can call them and basically say, hey, Cleveland, we're not worried about you not taking a second quarterback. So you want to trade back or not? If not, you know, we're going to just call Denver. So I think you can play a little bit of gamesmanship at four, but at two, I just think the premium there um, is going to be plenty, plenty, plenty expensive enough to where I don't know that you can make the deal. I don't know exactly what they'd be looking for, but it's going to cost them a fortune. Um, so I'm interested to see how it all plays out. I mean, as is everybody, but I just, right. don't, I just don't think that you can get up that high um, without, like you mentioned, it's not going to just cost a one and a one and a, and a two, call it. It's going to cost one, one, two, three, mm, and probably more. I, I, so people have been rumored saying six picks. I don't quite know where you get up to six. but um, I, And I also think the Jets overpaid. I mean, that's just point one. They went from six to three. They, they extremely well, overpaid. 
Um, and I think that's with, with trading up into the top five or so, you're always going to have to pay some inflation. Yep. Hard and say, according to the draft, but all these teams throw. Yeah, there's, there's definitely going to be some heavy, heavy inflation. Um, you know, that's, that's going to be taking place there. So, I mean, Spencer really had a good chat with you today. Um, glad you were able to make it on the show for our Wednesday segment. So I would really looking forward to our future additions. Yeah. I mean, a team can look at that and say too, like, we know you want to get a quarterback. So if you want to make sure you get your guy, you got to throw in another pick or you got to throw in two more picks. So that can, that can add to the price, I think too. And I think, I think a lot of the, the, the waiting game too can be from just saying, Hey, we like Sam Darnold. He's the guy we're coming up for in New York. If he's not there, we're not making the trade. If they take Josh Allen or they go a different route somewhere else that we're not talking about now in Cleveland, we're not making that trade up. We're going to maybe look at Cleveland at four or five. You know, that'll be our sweet spot. We're not going to just come up to two to take Mayfield or whatever, whoever the, their second quarterback may be. If it's Darnold, maybe they're waiting to see what Cleveland does for sure before coming up. I, I, I think that there yeah. could be a little bit of that saying, if Darnold goes one like he's supposed to, sorry, you know, New York, we're not, he's the guy that we targeted in the top two. If he's not there, you know, we don't, unfortunately don't have Rosen or Mayfield at that high of a grade. We're going to maybe make, save one pick, maybe save a third or a second. Um, and, you know, maybe call it four or five. I think that that's possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, or on the other side, maybe the Giants are waiting until draft night to see, because I, I know there was one report that I know Ryan Lasel, who works with me at RSN, was saying that if that the Giants will take a quarterback if the quarterback's Darnold. So sure. maybe the Giants are waiting to see if, if the Browns actually go Darnold. And if they, if they do take Darnold, then they'll trade out. Or if they don't, then they'll take Darnold themselves. So that's another It'll be interesting. It'll be both ways. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's what makes this interesting. If, it, if, if the Browns do go Josh Allen or I don't think there's any other candidate at this point, but if they do yeah. go Josh Allen, let's just say Josh Allen, I think it just opens the door. I don't know that it helps the Bills. And as much as Josh Allen's gone and he goes number one, and that's great. Sam Donald's there, although the other quarterbacks are there. I don't think in the grand scheme of things that helps the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I think that can, it, it makes it a little dicier and complicated, I think, at the top. But – I mean, I would say, though, I think if, if Darnold goes one and the Giants take a take Saquon Barkley or take Bradley Chubb, I think that does help the Bills because then, then you're sitting there and you know, all right, we got – if they like Rosen and Mayfield and they know one of those two guys could be there at four, it's just a matter of, well, do we want to trade up that high to get him or do we want to see how far he falls? It, it really is kind of just a domino effect of things that kind of happen on draft night, which is what makes it so fun. You just never know. And like you said, if they take Allen and then Darnold's gone, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. There's so many different things and there's so many different rumors. We don't necessarily know which guy the, the Bills have as their favorite or whatever. But, um, I mean, we've, we have ideas. But, you know, they are interested in all four of those top guys and they'll do anything they can to get up there. I think most Bills fans would say, well, if Josh Allen is the only one left after the top three, then why don't you just wait? I don't know that everyone everyone obviously isn't in love with Josh Allen on the outside, but maybe the Bills are in love with Josh Allen. So you, you really just never know what's going to happen. I think this could all kind of play out as we've kind of been alluding to here. And it might, it might take until draft night for all of it to kind of come to fruition. It could, and I think Cleveland holds the first chip. Um, if they do something else, it could even cause another ripple effect, like you mentioned taking Chubb or Barkley, or if they say, you know what, we like Rose in the best. I don't know. Um, 
let's take our player for sure, get him off the board. And we have a really strong chance of laying him at four. We don't, you know, we don't feel, we know what we, we feel, we know what the giants are going to do. We feel, we know what the jets are going to do. Maybe they, they, they pull something like that. I don't know. Uh, maybe they go with Allen. Maybe they just do the normal thing and go with Darnold like they should. So we'll see. I think they hold the chips. And then once they decide, and if that's draft night, that's draft night. And if that's before, then I start to think two happens immediately. The giants trade out to the bills and, or keep the pick for Darnold. Um, so I start, I, I, think you start to see some of that stuff Spencer yeah. um, take place it's all based on when the Browns either tell us leak it or pick it on draft night um, I think that's when you start to, to to see some of the plans and like you mentioned having pick four I don't think you see anything till draft night so maybe that's what the Giants and the Bills are, are saying like yeah. we, can't, we can't plan for this because normally most years we know what one's going to do um, right now we don't know if they're gaming us we don't know if they're trading for we don't know if they're <laughs> taking you know two quarterbacks we don't know I mean we don't know we, we don't have any idea right. what they're, they're going to do there and as much as the Browns are a mystery the Giants are I think even a bigger wild card because they've been reported to they could trade back they could take Chubb they could take a quarterback they could take Saquon but so they they obviously the Browns hold the first card but extend an extension of that I think is the Giants kind of have more power in the sense that what they do is going to kind of dictate how everything else goes and the rest of the top 10 and, and where the Bills maybe want to try to get to if they do still want a quarterback. So it's, it's all going to be really, really interesting to see how it, how it all kind of comes together. Agreed with that. Spencer, really appreciate you having on the show today. It was a great addition, a really jam-packed, a lot of great news. And we're looking forward to these Wednesday specials with you guys, um, you know, with these additions over there with you guys at RSN. Uh, it's been, been awesome. We're going to get this thing up and out for you guys with this fresh daily pod. Um, check out our, our Locked On Draft show um, as well. You know, one of the draft podcasts. Those guys are the, some of the best in the biz. Um, and also check out Locked On Browns. Locked On, you know, there's Locked On Giants. Check check it all out to see what they're talking about internally. See if they're on the same page as we are over here at Locked On Bills. Spencer, really, really loved having you on. Now, thanks for coming on, Spence. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Looking forward to being on each week. And it was a good time, man. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, man.